Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our Game Changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. All right, in three, two, one. All right, everybody, here we are. Oh, my goodness. What is that? I don't know. Richie's overproducing again. Are we, are we, still, are we still on the, yeah, on I don't the know. in the charts down, I don't, down I, with our friends in Mexico? Yeah, I think we've dropped in the charts in Mexico. That, mm. it, uh, we need another snake episode. So I heard a rumor that we got mentioned on a uh, daytime soap opera. Really? That, yeah, that one of the people were listening to our <laughs> podcast. So maybe that's how it got going. Okay. Huh. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever watched a Spanish soap opera, but they're... No, I did when I was trying to learn Spanish in high school. Yeah. Well, I tell you, you know, Shannon's grandmother is Spanish, so, I, you know, we're friends on Facebook, and it serves me just countless Spanish recipes. <laughs> and, it's, and it's in Spanish, and I love it, because, like, with the words they're using for the ingredients, I'm like, oh, I know what that is, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I love Mexican food. I think we're having some... Um, Sam is whooping up some carne... Some kind of something in there now. Well, is that tomorrow, Dud? No, I think that's today. Right, but it's some, some kind of bison. He's got some bison. He's going to make some kind of chili, carne chili tomorrow. Carne asada. Carne. He said. He said something with carne. Carne asada. Yeah, that's good. That sounds delicious. delicious. Actually, so, that's yeah. a good taste. So looking around the room, we got Dudley here. You look all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You getting rest, Dudley? I feel you, look, it. you just look better these days. Oh, thank you. There you go. Yeah, Lanny's sitting here. You got a devious grin on your face. Always and, up to something. Uh, we've we've got. Uh, well, I'll get to our guests here in just a second. But we've got we've, we've got a really interesting show today. We're going to talk about. I don't know what that noise is. Is that you, Richie, over there? Okay, all right. So our guest, that's right. Yeah. Oh, Mike in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so look, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I wanted to kind of give a shout out. It is uh, Breast Awareness Month. Oh yes, it is. You so, wearing pink today? So well, I'm not, but I wanted to <laughs> encourage our guys. You know, if you go home and your significant other, you could remind them, hey, you know, you ought to go get checked, and they they would know that you love them. And uh, so I just want to remind everybody to kind of get a little some brownie points now. The hunting season's here. Well, that's a great public service announcement. It is. And it reminds me of the time that you self-diagnosed yourself and, and thought you had breast cancer. Well, oh me. are we going to hear a story out of that? Well, I mean, that's just me. what happened. He came in one day and he'd been on the internet and he was convinced he had breast cancer. If you have any kind of symptoms, do not go and look on Google. That's all I got to say. That's all I want. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't okay. work. You know, okay. I got to talk about it. Yeah. And the drought is still going oh, on. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it. They're, they're saying you know, Mississippi River is drier than it's ever been. Yeah, didn't we, you say you caught a brim the other day with ticks on it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I did not say that. Yeah, a lot of us got it around here, but uh, south of here got missed. So they're in 
much worse shape. Yeah, Shannon sent me a picture of Mississippi River yesterday, and it is it looks like the butt of hat. <clears throat> Man. Well, it's a tough time for a food plot right now in the deep Ooh. south. You know, and, and our friends in Missouri are struggling as well. So it's it's not just here. Right. Ah, yeah. we, we sure need a rain. Well, we're just going to have to practice hunting uh, natural food sources this year. Well, if, and look, if the food plots don't. What what, what would y'all recommend y'all to? Well, I mean, like, what is, the, if you got to plant something late here in the south? The cereal grains. Cereal grains. Yeah. Yeah. Or a blend that's heavy in cereal grains. Mm-hmm. Because so, you can still goes, get some clover going for the spring. Yeah, that's what I'm I'm trying to do is is wheat and clover mixes right now, and then hopefully to get the clover re- you know to establish in the spring. So, yep, wheat wheat. Yeah, that, that's it. So uh, look, this week the episode is going to be brought to you by our friends at Gamekeepers Fieldwear. All right. And I wanted to pass along. They sent me a note. There's a promo code. You get twenty percent off if. Come on. Yeah. And we loved all that stuff that they have. It's oh, yeah. fantastic clothing. But if you'll go to GameKeepersFieldware.com, you can see it all. And if you'll use GKFALL22 in all caps, you'll get a 20%. GKFALL22, in, all caps. In all caps, yep. And you get a 20% discount. Boom. How about can that? We, can we use season? that? You can. Okay. Yours are probably on. Yeah. Yeah. would yeah. expect that you would. So. So, moving right along, today we're going to talk about suppressors. And how ironic is it that our boss isn't here on a day that we're going to talk about suppressors? Oh. So, is that, but, he, you know, he's got one. He, he does. He, 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 loves lot. So he has one in his closet. Lest, lest anybody think I was trying to make a joke about suppressing him. But, yeah. <laughs> well, he's in full-blown uh, food plot mode. So, I think he lost some clover because of the drought. So, they're steady working on trying to get that reestablished in anticipation of the rain. Yeah. So, yeah. That goes well. So uh, if we're going to talk about suppressors and how a gamekeeper could use them to help manage his property, how a hunter can use them uh, in the various different ways. You know, squirrel hunters love them. Yeah. We, well, uh, we talk about it all the time with, with, with wildlife managers, food, water, cover, and pressure. You know, and this is a, a direct conversation about that pressure. You know, not only going in, going out, but noise pollution is a big thing too. So Yeah, that's right. So let me kind of go around the room and introduce everybody. On the couch over here between the turkeys. The one and only. Is Mike Pearson. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of a legendary gun guy in the area. Works at a, a super popular store called Gary's. One of the biggest gun stores in, in, the, in the south, yeah. Yeah, Gary's huge, guy. huge store. Sells more guns than anybody. Our neighbor. And, uh, right across, right across the, street. the street. Super yeah. convenient. Yeah, so we're Good glad to, to have you here. Great to be here. Thanks I, for the invite. Yeah, Didn't have to travel far. I remember <laughs> when I moved, when I moved up here, uh, I was just blown away with the selection at Gary's and you know some of these bigger cities and bigger box stores. You go in and the shelves would be just empty. Not over uh, there, buddy. Man, you could go into Gary's and get just about any model firearm you wanted, and uh, it's a destination. I mean, folks drive up and down highway, and you've got to walk through Gary's to see. I think my dad comes in there once a week just to look. And then when y'all have those <laughs> sales, yeah, uh, like the Ruger sale, yep. the Smith sale, the, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's and amazing. the Dito family, big part of West Point. You know, Gary was a big part of of, of what we did around here. So, uh, shout yeah. out to him. Sure was. Yeah. So moving right along, we've got uh, we've got two guests from Nosler. Big they're, time. They're great friends of ours. I'm going to introduce, there's Tim O'Connor, which uh, he's the new product development guy. All right. So, so uh, Tim, are you there? Come on, guys. Yeah, okay. We got Tim there. And then one of our favorite guests, we've had him on Every here a time. couple of times, mm-hmm. Mr. Pat Mundy. And uh, he's he is the vice president of sales and marketing for Nosler. The legendary Nosler, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah, they no make such it. great ammunition. 
Uh, They're the, not Conic outdoor brand. Th- they mean, really they, are. They are just and now they've gotten into making these uh, suppressors. Mm-hmm. So, Pat, welcome. We're glad you're here. Thanks for having us. Appreciate being back, you guys. It's always fun. Well, these yahoos around here are wanting to strap uh, lawnmower mufflers on the end of their rifles no, and old, old hands, old filters. I've seen Lanny put a put a a, a, a a two liter bottle of Pepsi on the end of his. So I, I want you to help us understand what do we need to be doing? Why do we need these? What's going on? Can you tell us what's going on within the suppressor world? Yeah, it's a uh, you know suppressors are obviously becoming more and more popular all the time, especially for hunters. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of choices out there. Um, you know, there's a lot of myths about suppressors. There's also a lot of benefits of using them. Uh, that's, you know, I really wanted Tim to be on the call today. Tim has a, he's been using suppressors since, oh, years, years, probably, you know, a couple decades of suppressor use knowledge. Um, and, you know, it's just, uh, I think it's it's always good to kind of explain to people what they can bring to the table. You guys touched on noise pollution. I think that's a huge deal, especially when you're trying to manage your property well. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, Tim can get into the details, but it's it's a growing concern and it's important. Yeah, Tim, uh, where would you where would you think it'd make the most sense to, as we kind of move through explaining this as a, as a hunting tool, as something to help manage your property, manage noise pollution. Even if a guy's wanting to hunt squirrels, I think the I know quite a few squirrel hunters that love them. Oh, we got a rabbit squirrel hunter that loves them here. Yeah, and I, I you know, I think uh, hearing protection. Of course, none of us wear hearing protection out in huh? the field, and uh, that's not a good idea. We're probably all hearing the ringing right now from tinnitus. Uh, but you know, putting a suppressor on the end of the uh, end of the rifle helps with the uh, hearing protection, and obviously the noise pollution here in the United States are becoming much more popular. Um, over in the European countries, you know, they've been a, a mainstay of hunting for a long, long time, and I think that's uh, that that mindset is becoming more prevalent over here. And I'm gl- glad to see it because not only are they not very expensive comparably, but they're also not hard to get. Um, it does take a little bit of a wait, and we always hate to wait for things. Uh, but if you get on it early, you can have your suppressor by, you know, hunting season right now. I think the waiting time is, you know, five or six months, not too long. Hmm. Uh, and the $200 tax stamp, as uh, the economy goes where it's going, the $200 tax stamp actually becomes uh, less of an issue for uh, purchase of a suppressor. So all of that, I think, uh, adds up to a good reason to go out and look at a, uh, a suppressor for your hunting rifle. So, Lanny, you look like you got a question. Yeah, I was just, you know, going back to the fundamentals of, of how they work. Mike, you might be a, a great – they have baffles in them. Does it, what does it do to the gas in the chamber? How do suppressors work? You know, the, the guys at Nosler probably if they're building have a better terminology, but originally when I first started seeing them, they were baffled with a suppression device, whether it be a packing of some sort that canceled noise. But over the years, they've learned to develop where sound waves cancel themselves. Hmm. And even moving a step further, I've had guns that actually had less recoil with the brake and the suppressor combo than the gun without the suppressor on it. So, so Nosler make it take you into the next realm of that. But but we have evolved way further than having compression type. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah, that's right. Galls, <laughs> you have to take out and repack and those type, or pumping it with grease. Mm-hmm. You know, so many things that used to be part of that world. Now their technology is there. It's, it's here. It's lightweight. 
and it uses its own sound suppression baffles without packing to suppress the noise. So is it releasing gas? I mean, how, I mean, I'd say it's redirecting it. Redirecting <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. Dudley, you've got a couple, yeah, don't you? Yeah. No, he's got. Yeah, I've got one for rim fire, and I've got two for center fire. Mm-hmm. You know that I shoot deer with, and they're, you know, uh, I have hearing damage from driving tractors when I was a kid yeah. and not wearing hearing protection. And I'm, I'm only 46 years old, but when I'm in the turkey woods listening for a gobbler, it sounds like there's 10 cicadas in my head yeah, uh, going off. And I have to figure out, you know, I can move my jaw around and turn my head to the side and finally hear what I think I need to hear. But uh, I wish I had protected my ears uh, now people are more cognizant of that. Yeah, right. we weren't. I will not shoot a firearm uh, without a suppressor or without hearing protection of some sort. And uh, the only thing I haven't done is uh, get my shotgun suppressed or get some mm. kind of fancy device to put in my ear for when I'm turkey hunting. That's the only time. But duck hunting, dove hunting, squirrel, deer, whatever. You're, wearing, you're, uh, you're either using yeah. suppression or wearing hearing protection. Yeah, unless I'm in a a life situation oh, where sure. I have to Absolutely. fire a pistol off in my house or something. But I was just going to say the, you know, there's there's really a couple of different elements of sound when you fire a rifle. One of them is the actual muzzle blast, which is the powder combusting and the, the big mm-hmm. boom that we hear. And the suppressor addresses a lot of that noise. It, it knocks that down big time. But then there's also the crack of the bullet going through the air, which because it creates a sonic boom, unless you're shooting subsonic ammunition. So a sonic boom is is related to the size of the object that's making that sonic boom. So a bullet doesn't make the sonic boom of like an F-15, but it still makes one. So even if you suppress that muzzle blast down on a .30-06, you're still going to hear a crack that's maybe as loud as a .22 but it's not going to be the tremendous boom followed by the, you know, the crack that you often hear in the wide open spaces mm-hmm. where you hear that bullet just carrying down range. Right. So I think that's a lot of what the, the benefit is. And to Tim's point, you know, it, it taking that boom away repeatedly definitely is going to help your hearing. But if you shot all day long with a suppressor and didn't have hearing protection, yeah, you you still might have some issues. Could be just like shooting a twenty two all day, right? Mm-hmm. But um, you know there are ways to mitigate that. Like you guys mentioned, having them on twenty twos. If you shoot subsonic ammunition, you get almost no sound because there's no accompanying sonic boom. Yeah, how, how does that subsonic ammunition perform in a hunting scenario? Well, we manufacture some subsonic ammunition that's designed for hunting, um, uh, particularly in the three hundred blackout. And it works really well because it was engineered from the beginning to perform at those speeds. Uh, a lot of times, though, what you see with 300 blackout ammunition is people, other companies will place just a, a standard bullet in the load. And most of the time, bullets are designed to function at a, in a velocity window. And if they're being, if they're being driven at a velocity that's a thousand feet per second below their optimum, they probably won't do very much. So they're I mean, not- not going to expand properly no i mean it's basically going to be like shooting something with a 30 caliber bb Mm. right Mm. and so 
that's where it can get a little bit confusing is, uh, you know, the difference between shooting subs or subsonic ammo and shooting supersonic ammo. So, you know, like this, this 300 blackout round, yeah. uh, you can actually purchase ammo or reload uh, that shoots up roughly above 1,100 feet per second, but at its maximum, that's going to be somewhere in the 2000s. Right. Or you get the subsonic that's going to travel slower than 10,050 feet per second or 1,100 feet per second, and it's not going to have that crack. But it's traveling so slow, you want it to be able to expand more. Mm -hmm. And it would lessen yes. your range dramatically, I would think. Too, right. So, you, you know, you just have to shoot within those lethal parameters right. or whatever the technological term is for that. So I talked to several hunters prior to this about that they use a suppressor. On a, One guy had a 308. A couple of guys had 223s. Mm-hmm. And they all shot, um, they did not shoot subsonic ammunition. They shot the supersonic ammunition. Sure. I guess standard ammunition. So it performs just as well uh, as a regular. So know, ballistically, it won't change with a suppressor. I guess I guess so, Pat. Would it, it, there, there is no change, is there? Yeah, Mike's saying no. No, I mean, basically the bullet performance will be the same. You know, you're going to get... And that is, but but the nice thing again about the suppressor is you're going to negate that muzzle blast, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So you're you're still not going to be dealing with the big boom that you hear all over the place. You're just going to deal with basically a 22 with a little bit of accompanying noise. So, right. So interesting. When I'm shooting my 30 alt six at a deer, it or at a target, it kicks about I don't know. I would say somewhere between a 223 and a 243. With it while it's suppressed. Yes. So you get but the benefits. Not, it kicks like a 30 so with the suppressor, <laughs> you get the benefits of a muzzle break, uh, which will make you go deaf in no time. That's why I can't hear today because of But Bobby's it's also much, yeah, it's much right. quieter. Like when I'm shooting at the range with a suppressor, I'm still going to wear hearing protection. Um, but when I'm in a deer stand, I'm not. Yeah. And, and it's a little bit louder when you're shooting supers, but – it's not enough to make your ears ring, you know. So, Mike, what is your experience with these things? And, and the customers that come into Gary's, what are the, what's it, what are, primarily what are guys doing? You know, the first one I bought would have been probably in 97, and I got it for 9mm just, just to have. But since that time, I've shot way more rimfire through it just because it's a lot more fun shooting 22 and less expensive. But uh, that was before we ever started carrying them at the store. Uh, it was probably, oh, probably, I would say 2012, 13 or so, probably 10 years that we've been carrying suppressors since this last movement. But, uh, you know, the, the technology change and things is, is, is really noticeable and, uh, and the market and what they're shifting towards, like he says, you know, uh, they are reducing felt recoil in a lot of situations, but the hunting world has exploded uh seems like before it was just kind of a small niche market but uh, but now with the easiness to get them other than the wait time like you said uh it's, it's a big market it really is yeah so i talked to rafe from browning and he yeah. told me that oh, you know a lot rafe. of their long range rifles would uh, would it were 
that would accept a suppressor. And now they've made some shorter barrels, 18 mm-hmm. to 22 inches. He said that's a red-hot thing right now. Yeah. The guys are, it's a shorter rifle because that can kind of extends it a little bit. But So, Pat, Pat my, I have a question about does the suppressor sized for – so if I've got a 25-06, do I have to get a specially sized suppressor? That one, because there's a lot of geometry around that. And, Tim, why don't you explain to them what the differences are and what, why you choose what? Yeah, so yeah. So typically for a – most typically suppressors are going to come in a 22 caliber and a 30 caliber. Um, they can handle calibers less than that in those given uh, formats. But, you know, if you're going to shoot a 6.5 Creed more typically, you're going to shoot a 30 caliber suppressor on that. And you'll lose a little bit of efficiency, but – but not a whole lot shooting that smaller caliber through a bigger hole. Uh, but then there's the volume of the suppressor. So you have a rimfire can, which is smaller volume, but still 22 caliber as opposed to a centerfire uh, 22 caliber suppressor, which is a little bit bigger volume. So the, the job of the suppressor is to convert, basically to convert heat or sound energy into heat energy. Hmm. And so the more area you have in order to do that conversion the better so a larger suppressor is going to be more efficient uh, than a smaller suppressor of course you're gaining weight and in, in size uh, but uh, that's where you need to make the compromise so for a hunting suppressor if you want small and light you're going to get a little bit louder uh, report from the rifle on it uh, but it's obviously you don't want to get too long like you were talking about the barrel length uh, you don't want to add too much to that barrel length and make the uh, firearm ungainly Hmm. So, is there an advantage to having one of these? Like, if you like with Hayden, uh, that's it, exactly why I'm considering it because I can't hear. My mm-hmm. dad can't hear. You know, it, it's definitely. I'm, I'm like Dudley. I'm hitting uh, mid 40s, late 40s, and it's definitely an impact. And I want my kids not to have that problem, but they love to shoot. So, that's 100 percent why I'm going. At. And a, another thing I'd like to add is, you know, when you're at the range with yeah. with your kids or anybody else, when you have hearing protection on it's harder to communicate and and when you're for example with a kid and you're trying to preach safety if they've got headphones on and can't hear what you're saying it's tough it's tough i've got my youngest is i mean he when he was young he didn't even like to flush the toilet it was too loud for him so (laughs) i'm serious you know he holds his he puts his fingers in his ears when he's getting on the school bus so i know it's going to be a factor for him right and kids Um, are sensitive to report they're sensitive to the kick even if the kick doesn't hurt they yeah. think it's going to hurt, they and they flinch. Hurt. And so if you can train them yeah. Yeah. with a, a suppressed weapon, you're going to take the they kick factor out, the sound yeah. factor out. They're going to be more comfortable yes. when they're shooting, so they're going to be more precise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it makes too much sense. Yeah, it does, especially for the youth. Well, it, it, if only for hearing protection, again, because I, I know I can't hear. I know you can't hear. You can probably hear better than anybody. You're one of the only people I know that hunts with earplugs. I, I, I have for a long time. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah. In the duck blind, you have to holler at Bobby. There they go! <laughs> <laughs> Where? <laughs> Hit him in the back of the head. Point at him. There they are. Point at him. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, Tim, so what has led to these things being uh, so popular in Europe? Well, lack of, definitely lack of restrictions over there. Uh, you right. can buy a suppressor over the counter. And in most hunting situations where they're eh, somewhat rural, um, that you know they really think it's it's rude to hunt without a suppressor on just because of the of, of noise pollution. Oh wow! Um, you know, so 
if you've Obviously ever been woken up by a high-powered rifle, yeah, it's pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shot one next to a church one time. And it was they were they were in there singing. <laughs> he and, was in uh, there hunting. And, and, yeah, and, uh, and a and a buck that I wanted to shoot came by, and I didn't have any choice. I had to go. <laughs> it got quiet for just a few seconds, and then they started back singing. So yes, yeah. probably not as common shooting around the church out here. <laughs> yeah. We have very uh, yeah, we're pretty eclectic. Yeah. Uh, it <laughs> is interesting to me that a, a lot of you know in, in Europe they have more restrictive gun laws, but less restrictive, but less restriction on you know suppressors. Uh, Which is but for some reason around here they develop this tabooness maybe from the movies. Yeah, because I the, would think from the, the bad guys were using them and. The movies make it sound like uh, it makes zero noise, right. so you can get away with killing somebody more easily. Yeah, that's and that's that's the one I want. Pat. That's not really the case, and so yeah, right. Talk to your congressman about that. <laughs> so, I, had, I had heard. I don't know if it's all valid that originally, like after the depression or during it, when people were shooting wildlife random whenever they wanted to, and the game wardens couldn't keep up with it, and the, and the law enforcement that. They established this tariff to keep people from owning them because they were sniping so bad after hours huh. and, and killing game. Now, I don't know if it's 100% truth, but I've heard it from good sources in Mississippi that that was part of the case. And when they applied that $200 back then, that was like 2000 today's dollar. So right. it's really changed. That's like he was talking about. It's 200 is not that big of a deal now. No. Where back, back in the day, it was, was like unheard of for somebody to pay $200 just to have a suppressor. That's the most so. logical explanation I've heard of why they would have been – so it, our suppressors would have been suppressed. <laughs> so if I buy a suppressor, then, then I, it's it's in my name, or, or maybe I create some kind of trust, and then maybe my daughter could use it, 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 it as well. But it's not something that I could just decide one day I wanted to sell and, and sell to somebody. That is correct. So I couldn't just borrow Bobby's. If you were on his trust, you could. I'm, he, on your, I'm he, sure he, I'm on your trust. No, you, you would not be. On <laughs> He's not in my trust or on my trust. Have I made the will? Have I made the will yet? Yeah, no, Look up yeah. the word trust. No, you're not I in just that. need a couple acres on the Ponderosa. <laughs> so That's it. I, I, I think most folks use the trust now. I like and, and I set one up with the trust. My my family, my, my parents are on there as well. Uh, like Me? so, and, you know, golly, uh, no uh, but you know, like in, in case I die, then they can they can take that over. That's right. And the other option is to get a signature, right? right. What's that? And how does that work? I think uh, the sheriff signs off. Uh, you do some other stuff, yeah. but it's only in your name. Right. That's right. You can do an individual buy, and all suppressors have to be approved by the chief law enforcement officer of that county or jurisdiction you're in, but. With no trust, an individual purchase, we'll call it, you're right, it's it's uh, it's a no transfer at that point. If it was time of death or if you wanted to let somebody borrow it, you're not going to be able to unless you're accompanying them. Hmm. So that's the, the logic behind building the trust. What would happen to it? Say say I'd passed away and I had one, does they, they come get it? Uh, nobody comes to get it. You know, it's not, they don't have enough manpower to, to resource that or, or find that, but if you were the somebody in your family was the unforeseen person to get caught with it and they wanted to make a big scene it could be trouble hmm. uh you know dealers will take them back in and then do the whole paperwork thing and and Reassign. continue reestablishing yeah. it back hmm. to a family member that passes all the guidelines but if you had had the trust originally none of that would have had to take place so 
Hmm. Does it have to be a, if, if you've got an existing trust, can you just add it onto that, or do you have to create a trust specifically for it? You, you can. You can. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I think they call it a real property trust or something like that. There's there's different ways of having okay. trust drawn, but. Uh, uh, Pat, this sounds kind of complicated. Does this make being in the suppressor business uh, a little more difficult? Oh, I think it definitely does. I mean, if it was, you know, to Tim's point, if we were in Europe and we could just sell them over the counter at your local um, sporting goods store, it'd be simple. But it's, you know, it's a little more to go through. I think that the people that want them, however, that understand the benefits are, are happy to wait the time that it takes. And I think it has gotten a little bit better with some of the electronic forms and systems that they put in place to try to do that. But, um, you know, it's on the hunting side to me, I don't understand why it's so difficult. I mean, I think you guys nailed it. I think the perception is, is that they're something that's used in crime when in reality they're not. And it's just, you know, it's a product that really should be more available because, like you guys are all alluding to, and I'm in the same boat, you know, half of us can't hear by the time we're 45 or 50 very mm-hmm. well, because we have spent so much time in the field and around guns in our lives. And you, you, like you guys are saying, if our kids are able to benefit from these, it'll be a little different situation in 25 years. And we won't have a generation of 75 year old deaf people, you know, or 75 year old deaf hunters at least. That's right. It, it is interesting it. how that works. Uh, people just didn't think about it. You no. know, I couldn't get in the army in, in 1986. I was 17 from hearing loss. I frequently hear hearing loss. Wow. And it was finally directed backly attributed to shooting 22s and other guns growing up. This is no lie. Earplugs on the gun range for me and my dad. He would give me a 44 Magnum hull. And we'd stick it in my ear. That's what I thought an earplug yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A nine millimeter bullet would have been a little better than yeah, a forty-five yeah, yeah. inch of brass. I yeah. promise you, they'd go in easier. Yeah, I, I ran brass. an old Ford tractor that didn't have a muffler on it. Right. Yeah. yeah, man. Look, bulldozers are oh. all bad for yep. it. So, so when I think about this, guys, just kind of trying to circle back around. <clears throat> you know, we, we've kind of learned we, when we talk to other people that are managing properties, then, the, you know, one of the things they, they have, everybody's kind of evolved to is, well, let's not shoot our does in these fields mm-hmm. or in these food plots and kind of make the food plots more of a little protected area. But they're also telling me even if they have suppression, they're still not shooting the does in their field because there still is a little bit of noise. Yeah. But they all to a man said that it was worth the expense. It was worth the trouble. But they they used them in the woods, and it in in numerous times it helped them be able to harvest more does. I because, bet so because they could get away with especially more. in states where you can harvest more than one doe in a day. Mm-hmm. You know, I think here, right. can't you harvest all yeah. your does yeah. in, in a day? You yeah. Know? And if you're like you're hot on the trail and you're managing deer intensively, it's a chore, uh, and it's a lot easier to kill. Um, you know, if you get them all at one time, it makes it a lot easier. It, yeah, it, it, from, it does. From what you I can tell, one night, right? yeah, you just spend one night dressing. Uh, right. If you're shooting unsuppressed, the deer seem to run off in an opposite direction of your firearm. Mm-hmm. Uh, suppressed, it's almost like they don't know where that shot came from. Did they run towards you? So a lot of times they'll <laughs> kind of look up or maybe even run towards you. Uh, it just, I'm in. It de- it Sign depends. me up, Mike. Well, I, I, I shoot these nozzle bullets, and they're usually laying right where I shoot. Yeah. I don't know where Dudley shoot. But <laughs> as, as far as nozzler goes, uh, 
and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, I think you guys have four offerings, two and 30 caliber and two and 22 caliber. And uh, one of them, two of those have lighter materials. Um, and then the 22s can also shoot uh, two, two, three, and five, five, six, which is a center fire. Mm-hmm. So it's not specifically for rim fire. So it's it's strong enough to to be able to handle a center fire round. Am I am I correct? Yeah, we, we actually have two different models essentially in a twenty uh, a twenty two and a thirty caliber. One is a all titanium, which is a that, that's the tough one, and then there's an al, alum, aluminum titanium an Altai combo, which is the hunting version. Uh, the hunting version is actually lighter with the aluminum. Yeah, they're both able to handle the same calibers, uh, you know, and they both work essentially exactly the same as far as sound control. Uh, the only difference is the titanium can handle rapid fire, you know, uh, mag- magazine dumps and that type of thing, where the aluminum titanium, the Altai version, is, is really made for hunting and uh, a slower rate of fire and not so much sustained fire. Uh, both of them are great, but uh, nine ounces for the 30 caliber Altai and uh, 13 ounces for the titanium version. So there's there's several ounces of difference between the two, hmm. uh, but, but both of them work quite well. Well, Lenny, I'll say this. Every guy I talked to in preparation of this swore by having a semi-automatic or, or a uh, – Bolt action twenty two rifle to squirrel hunt with oh, yeah. with a suppressor. They said it'll change the change way it changes change your well, life. And you can shoot subsonics with twenty two. Uh the, the supersonics are not that much faster. Um and uh-huh. so you can go squirrel hunting and when you shoot, especially like a bolt action or single shot where there's no action moving, I mean it's a did when you shoot. I just do they still make twenty two shorts? They do, you know, but the sure. the, the misconception with the short was it's a higher velocity than the speed of sound. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So even if you just bought a short, it's not a high velocity long rifle twenty two. Mm-hmm. But they wanted them to be as fast as they could. So but, it's still a but you can buy a short that is subsonic. subsonic. But as far as the ones they originally developed, they were they were fast enough to create a sonic boom out of most rifles. Pat, what are we not asking about these things that we need to to ask and you need to explain to us? anything no i think you're i mean this is good because you guys are covering a lot of the basics and and you know the application and that's what's really important i think a lot of people just don't even consider using one because they it's just not top of mind for a lot of hunters but i think it should be and um you know when we when we came out with these products this year our focus was really as a hunting company we really wanted to focus on the hunting market and it's a complementary product. I mean, we manufacture rifles, we make ammunition, obviously we make bullets and, and brass, and it just kind of fits in and, and gives a guy a system um, that improves their efficiency in the field. And I think that's what it all comes down to. What, I guess the only other thing I would touch on is you guys didn't talk about predator control. Oh, and yeah. I know down Go there, yeah. we, don't, we don't have the problem out here that you guys do with hogs. But we have coyotes and cats and and predators like that. But I think when you're hunting hogs down there in particular, what I've seen is that guys are able to often take more than one. Um, you know, if what do they call the sounder when yeah. they go by when there's yeah. a bunch of them? Yeah. 
so they can, you know, they might be able to go whack, whack and kill two or maybe even three or have them kind of hang out in the area and get more than that. And I know that's really important because, you know, I've seen the damage they do down there. And, you know, if you can, if you can help control that and jump on them sooner, that might be something that's, uh, you know, really a big help. No doubt. I was squirrel hunting last winter with my 22 and came across a sounder and I was able to take out four before they figured me Look out. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you, Dudley. I felt pretty cool. <laughs> I, don't know if I, I don't know if I could reproduce that. Did you put them in your backpack and get them out? I got a couple hind quarters and a couple back straps and packed them out. Acquiring protein. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. So, uh, well, Pat, while you're here, what about, uh, you know, we can't have you on and not ask you about bullets. I experienced the AccuBond. AccuBond. Uh, about the 5th of September. What a fantastic bullet. It went all the way through the elk, and it was right there in the hide. Just on the opposite it, shoulder? The opposite just shoulder. what you want them to yeah, do? Yeah, um, it, it was just incredible. I, you know, I've all, Pat, I've always shot that petition. I love it, but I was very impressed with the AccuBond. They're good bullets, both of them. I mean, the you know the AccuBond is a little more streamlined, maybe. I think the partition obviously is the you know it's the gold standard. It's no what doubt. we compare everything to. And they just work, and the Ac but the AccuBond has really gained a following. I mean, it is really a popular bullet now, and and I love to hear that. I love the pictures you sent, Bobby. They were cool, and that was a you know that was obviously a really nice animal, and um, looks like you made a really good shot. They. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, it's hunting season right now. We're busy. Obviously, we're trying to make as many as we can. I wish we could make 50 times more because I think our our customers would appreciate it. But we're, you know, we're doing everything we can here in Bend, Oregon to get them out into the, you know, into the hunting fields by, before the season. So, yeah, I it's, tell you, uh, what, it's been I, a busy fall for sure. I'm, I'm just a big fan of Nosler. And, oh, yeah. And, and so you guys, you ought to go follow him on social media. Pat, a couple of nights ago, I saw this story y'all posted where a, a young man killed a, a, a bighorn sheep, and you guys helped with that, provided ammunition. It looked like the, maybe the state of Oregon, perhaps uh, uh, game wardens were, were a big help to this young. I, could you kind of tell that scenario, what was going on there? It looked like a real special story. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I did. I just saw mention of it the other day. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, it's Nosler does, that's kind of the unsung thing. We do a lot of that outreach and, you know, whether it be Bighorns, whether it be Honored American Veterans of Field that we support, um, we do everything we can. I mean, you know, there's always more, but we try to help as much as we can because whether it be veterans, whether it be people that have disabilities, we're just trying to make sure that people can enjoy their time in the field. I mean, that's what it's about for all of us, right? That's what brings us here. That's what, that's why we're all on this podcast today. That's right. It's our way of life. It's something we all love. And so if we can help more people experience that, whether it be a bighorn sheep in Oregon or, you know, a elk in Colorado or whatever, if we can, if we can create an experience for somebody that makes them, you know, that's memorable and, and, uh, you know, improves their enjoyment of the field. I just, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, I would encourage everybody to go to Instagram and look at that picture. Cause that, that young man and the, the rifle he had and the, the shot he must have made because he wasn't at the top of the mountain. <laughs> he it looked like he must've shot from the, 
I don't know. It was just looked like an incredible story, mm-hmm. and uh, but I know Nasr was at the heart of that, and that's that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, back on the suppression thing, I was going to ask. Um, you know, I've got my you know my my old trusty um, deer rifle. Uh, and just what what process do I have to go to get that you know fitted for a suppressor? Do I have to don't I have to thread the barrel or something like that? If you're going to use that gun, yes, yeah. it will have to be threaded. Uh, so how does that process work? I just bring my gun to a aficionado like yourself. <laughs> no, I don't thread guns. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a process. Uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, it depends on the diameter of the barrel, how much barrel length you want. We actually ran through that what two years ago, yeah. uh, going through the process of trying to figure those things out. You know, I've I've got a nice tire with a what 16 inch barrel. Yeah, because of that, you know. So and it's a good thing, but. You know, as you go through those things, uh, some guns were not originally developed with enough barrel mm-hmm. material to do that. So you end up either having to thread it and adapt it or cut it back so far to get enough thread that it's shorter than you want it. So a lot of times it's, it's almost as good just to go ahead and buy a gun right. that's already this, equipped and adapted. Like he said, they're building these guns with shorter barrels, stiffer barrels, or a larger diameter end on the muzzle to adapt to a suppressor. It's a big thing. Okay. Well, look, I'm always looking for a reason to buy another rifle. Absolutely. So, That's I mean, the best why not? I know yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. And so generally, 22 caliber and below, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, uh, it's uh, one half by 24, and then... One half 28. by 28. One half by 28, and then above that, you get it threaded five eighths by 24. That's most the two most common sizes. Thank you, Mr. Noah. And then you can get uh, <laughs> adapters and such That's true. as well. So got, the, it, got the techno he, guru He's got a here. lot of stuff in his head that he, he probably, you know. And when he studies on something, he, he studies yeah. on something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. nowadays, most, I mean, you can get stuff with threaded barrels. Even if it oh, comes yeah. with a muzzle brake, the, the thread is, is typically compatible with with suppressors so probably the best route is go ahead and get that new rifle too absolutely absolutely you know you need one Ah, look i'll take one get nosler to go ahead and ship you one out today yeah hey sign me up give me give me one on the way boys i'll take a can too there mike (laughs) that's right yeah nosler's got some cool rifles they really do yeah they really do well gosh what else do we uh lanny what have you learned I mean, you know, it's ironic to think that I never thought about the sound barrier. You know, I just, a lot of this stuff has never, like, been in my realm of, of thinking. So, um, but uh, to y'all's point, I know, you know, what we're trying to do here as gamekeepers is is make things better. I think this is a great alternative for, you know, for, for hunting, not only for your own hearing protection, but how to raise your kids. It just seems a better way to do things. And if it, you know, gives you a chance to shoot more does, I'm in every time. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, Pat, is is uh, the future, or we, we, could we be looking at uh, suppressors for shotguns? Yeah, they. I mean, they exist. It's a – I think it's a – you know, Tim kind of mentioned it. They get a little bit long and unwieldy on in some of the applications, but there's certainly people use them already. So, you know, there's I think there's there. There's the handguns. There's the rim fires. There's probably going to be. I bet suppressors are going to get a lot more popular in the next five or ten years. Hmm. I really do. Yeah. And if we start seeing where it becomes an easier process for. Uh, hard-working American to get one, uh, they'll probably become more integrally made, I would oh, yeah. assume. Come the, with it. The barrel is... Yeah. All- yeah, I don't see that ever. I don't see our uh, government making it easier. I don't think they're going to make it any harder, hopefully. Right. But I don't see them saying, let's just make this easy for everybody to get one. I know there was a bill or something a few years ago mm-hmm. that came up. And Hearing I Act. 
Yeah. So. It was as close as it was going to get then. I think uh, you guys at Nosler might could, could say more about that, but I think it was as close as we would ever have seen it to pass okay. then. But it, uh, it really isn't difficult. Yeah, you can so, go into a gun store now. A lot of them have like a kiosk where you can put your information in. It it even does the trust for you in some that's instances. That's what I was going to ask. I mean, what is the process? And, uh, they just say it, it's called it goes to jail. And then and then once it's been approved and uh, you get your, your stamp for paying that tax, uh, it can come out of jail. So you buy it, and it sits in a vault at the gun That's store right. somewhere until it gets approved, and, and you pay for it all up front, and then when it's ready. Mine was like a 10- to 12-month wait on all right. three of them. Originally, they were. Now uh, it's gotten a little more efficient, and they were y'all were saying it's about five to six months. Yeah, I'd, I'd say six to seven-ish lately. Uh, it has gone up and down. Yeah, it's kind of like liming your food plots, yep. you know. Just yeah. get it done, yep. yeah. and then and – then it's going to come in, and, and you'll be glad you did. And they are serial numbers, yeah. just where you'll know. I mean, it's a similar process to buying. It is a firearm, quote, unquote, according gotcha. to the ATF. So it's I could walk firearm. in. You could help me pay my 200 bucks, fill out my deal. and Pick out the suppressor first yeah. and secure it, and then send the paperwork for your check to the ATF mm -hmm. in a form of $200, whether it's a card or check. And that application process would be determined by how long it takes them to approve you and send it back. And until then, it sits over there across sits the street. Over there in a vault, in a vault inside of a vault. That nice. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's in a nice, safe place for you. I love it. <laughs> and you can even go and say, "Hey, can I yeah. go and hold my, suppressor, look my suppressor and look I've at had it?" Two people do that, and he's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, sure three, he, is. he did it three times. <laughs> I want to see it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Is it really there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did y'all sell my suppressor? Nope, it's still back there. <laughs> so I've got one more question for Pat and for Tim. If you guys were going to hunt to manage white-tailed deer is there a caliber that you guys would choose oh gosh <laughs> oh man the, the most debatable you subject know, on the internet well <laughs> honestly i you know i wouldn't limit the caliber that you use because of the suppressor you know unless it's just such a big caliber that you can't find a suppressor for it. but you know if you use a 30 out 6 a 270 308 uh 65 creedmoor they they all are very uh they accommodate suppressors very well, and I, w I wouldn't hesitate to use any of them. Uh, if you do want to go to subsonic ammunition, uh, then it gets a little bit more specialized, but you're really moving from uh, comfortable shooting to kind of that Hollywood quiet, uh, which is, you know, beyond where you really need to go. It's you, and, I, and I think you guys are missing the most important part of suppressors, and that is the huge smile that new shooters get when they first shoot a suppressed rifle. Mm, yep. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, that, that really makes it worth uh, owning a suppressor in itself. But no, I, I really, I wouldn't, uh, I would just shoot whatever caliber you want and uh, the suppressor is going to help them all. Yeah. Well, I mean, Bobby, for me, it's, it comes down to just, any red-blooded American shoots a 25 odd six. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's all there is to it, isn't it? Bottom line, huh? Yeah, that's right, Pat. That's, that's right, Pat. We go way back. That's right. That's why they had to make a partition for it to work, probably, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 117 grand. <laughs> so, 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 Nosler designed a bullet because of 25 odd six. That hurt. Otherwise. Is that yeah. right? Well, so, so Shots fired. From, from time to time, I've had to – did I just get zinged and didn't realize yeah. I got yeah, Probably. <laughs> Well, no, it, no. Anyway, I love my twenty-five. Well, I, I can't say anything about them. He does just love his twenty-five. Yep. So, Dudley, what have you learned today? Um, 
you know, I, I knew a lot of this stuff, but I, I enjoyed talking about it. Yeah. Um, I learned that more people need to be using them in the woods. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're really cool. I, I think, think they've got a place in the gamekeeper's I do, toolbox. 100%. Even if it's just purely for saving your hearing. I mean, because it's, it's a big very thing. Important. It's very can't important. Can't get it back. You can't can get, get it back. back. I've been trying. My wife wishes I had it back. Yep. Huh? That's a different story <laughs> there, but you know, for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, hey, Pat and Tim, while, while we got you, before we let you all go, uh, we always do a trivia question, and if you get this right, one of our listeners will win a prize. And uh, so not to put any pressure on you, but you all can team up and, 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 and come up with an answer here. But uh, And then we'll have something later for you, Mike. But <laughs> What are we giving uh, away? Uh, so – Richie, what are we giving away? Richie, we have All what are right, we giving away? You know, <laughs> right out of Toxie's closet once again. He left it unlocked, so Bobby snuck in there. There we I, go. I didn't. Uh, playing for uh, Bill Valentine, uh, who left a review, but I don't know what the review says. Yeah, but, but what are, what's the surprise? I'll get there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you. He's Richie, in charge. He me cry. He's in charge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's a, it's a Stanley Thermos once again. Boom, once again. Mm-hmm. We, look, those things are awesome. Yeah, he's got a bunch of them back A there. mossy yeah. oak camo yeah, Stanley Thermos. No doubt. Yeah. It's a real deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I saw a big display of them in Bass Pro this weekend. So, All right, Pat, y'all got a 50-50 chance on this one. All right, this is a true-false question, and as Bobby just said, 50-50 chance. If a female fox dies, her mate will stay single forever. However, a widowed female fox will look for a new mate immediately. True or, or false? Wow. Hmm. You dug to find this one. Hmm. So, so I'm, I need to regurgitate that one. Tell so, him repeat the question. Yeah, repeat the question again. I need to yeah. that one he in does myself. read it fast. What is widowed? I, well, if a female fox dies, her mate will stay single forever. The male. The that's male right. will stay the single forever. The male will stay single forever. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. However, a widowed female fox will look for a new mate immediately. True or false? So huh. if the male dies. She's moving on. She's moving on. I'm going to say well, I, that's not my question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's 52. What do you think, Tim? Well, I'd have friend. to guess, but it, it sounds accurate. <laughs> I would. I, I think it's true. Yes, it is. True. Right. 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 What's it going by? Yeah. What, what is <laughs> up with like these it. female foxes? And I'm telling you, uh, like the know. loyal male fox. <laughs> I tell you, you try to be a loyal male, and and, and look what happens. Mm. Where'd you find that? Uh, you know, uh, did you find that on the internet? I did. <laughs> I did. So, hey, Pat, we sure appreciate you guys being here, and we appreciate Nosler. You yes. guys make some great products, and it Absolutely. sounds like these uh, these suppressors y'all are making, y'all are. It sounds like that that's going to be a, a really good product for you guys. Well, thank you guys for having us. Yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, so Nosler.com is where people can go, and you, you can follow them. Uh, you can go to the you know the internet there, Lanny. I think the things around the state. Yeah, and I just in Instagram, they've got uh, that that uh, at Nosler. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a great brand. It, it really is. Great is. Brand. Thank you all so much for being here with us. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. You bet. Appreciate you. Yeah, I'd like to try one out, Mike. So you're there around people all the time. I mean. This it seems to me that more and more people are talking about these suppressors and and trying to learn more about them and uh, it I think it's going to be a, a thing that it's going to become more and more popular, don't you? It definitely is. You know the volume of sales has increased every year, mm-hmm. uh, and we put off buying a kiosk because of the expense for a little while. But it does create 
less chance of error from the beginning, so it's worth the price that it costs to get it done because we can do everything in-house. Does, uh, does we one don't have stand- to go to the Sheriff's Department to go to the uh, CVS and get a photo. I mean, it's all done in-house. Does does the one $200 stamp, does it cover multiple suppressors? covers one. Yep. One stamp per. It's one stamp per suppressor. And I don't, I honestly don't know the legalities, but I have a screenshot of my stamp and my paperwork for each suppressor in my phone. Mm -hmm. And then I also have a miniature, like I had the paperwork shrunk so I can keep it in my gun case. Just in case. Sure. I think they can, I don't think you have to have that. They can look it up. Right. But it'd be good just to show it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it sounds like this is going to cost me some money. I like it. At least I'm spending it at Gary's. I mean, Absolutely. it's it's less than a nice scope. Yeah, no. Pretty much. I, I'm on. Yeah, what, what does a suppressor cost? We didn't even get that. And, and it's multi-usable as well. I mean, it depends on the technology and the material, as they just said. Is it a, is it a bolt-action hunting rifle? that you can't shoot but so many rounds before you're tired of shooting or you broke your wallet? <laughs> or are you shooting it on a full or semi-auto style, you know, uh, weapon that shoots 30, 40 rounds before it stops? So uh, higher technology, better material costs more. But for, you know, for less than $1,000, there's no way, you know, you can stay under 1000 and get a good suppressor for hunting rifle and pay the trust. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, some of these 20, you know, rimfire only suppressors mm-hmm. that you can take apart and clean. Uh, I think with the stamp and everything, they, you know, may only be five or 600 right. bucks. Yeah. Mm. So but, wow. uh, the other thing, cool thing about the suppressor, it is a serial numbered item, but you can use it on any of your weapons. So you. you're not having to buy a new one for every other gun. And some people have multiple because they don't want to take it on and off. They make quick attach muzzle brakes that you can take it on and off a lot quicker. You're not direct threading it on and off every time. But it's it's kind of like um, kind of like the shooting houses and a lot of things that's marketed. You see more repeat customers than you do first time. Sometimes sure. kind of it's kind of neat. Right. Yeah. I mean, you never thought you would own three, did you? No, but that's, once that's I had saying. one, yeah. I, I knew I had to have one right. for me and another family member that may be hunting. That's right. Uh, and then I had to have a rimfire. That's one. it. Uh, and I, you know, I think it'd be fun to have like a forty-five caliber one for for shooting your pistols. And they do mm-hmm. make a, they do make a, a few that are large enough openings and design that a hybrid that you could shoot on your forty-five pistol, your thirty-out six rifle, and a twenty-two to mm-hmm. it. But it'd be a little bigger than you would want to shoot a regular rimfire to, but it's still usable. Uh, and it loses a little bit of efficiency, but not that much because you're talking about difference between a three hundred eight and a and, you know, a 6.5, mm-hmm. just a few thousandths in opening right. diameter, so it's not that big a deal. Wow. And they'll, I mean, they'll pretty much belt on to any of the AR platforms, won't they? Yeah. Yeah. Just screw right on. Yep. You seeing much of that? I mean, that's what I would think would be the ultimate deer rifle. I do. You know, a lot of people overlook it uh, for first-time shooters. Yeah. Because the length of pull is adjustable, and mm-hmm. they've got a grip for a child. It's got a little better trigger pull. I just, a lot of times when they come in wanting that first rifle for somebody that's already <laughs> passed the, the tiny gun stage, you know, I put them in an AR. Put an AR, yeah. Mm-hmm. And those 300s, those, you know, a little bit larger caliber than 5.56, five, not that it, 223 won't work, but right. you do have a little bit more area now than you used to as mm-hmm. far as bigger caliber. Wow. Well, let's go to Gary's. Yeah, so guys, if y'all listen <laughs> to this, you, if, you, if you get around uh, <laughs> oh, West right. Point. We close the day. 
Or, uh, yeah, they're closed on Wednesdays. But if you get around West Point or Columbus, you got to go to Gary. Got to go so, see them. Go see Mike or Gina. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, uh, look, uh, Dudley, you, have you got to ask Dudley? I do. I mean, I thought he already busted it uh, down. From all that probably three weeks ago because you, you keep knocking them back. So, <laughs> uh, I was going to bring three, but I only brought one. And uh, well, Thank you. It's a really <laughs> – uh, this is a neat subject. I, I get a phone call about this, I, I think, about once a week. Um, so, sometime in the 90s, there was, there was, this was a popular thing. And, and it's kind of like one of those pyramid deals. I, I don't think – I think it was almost like a scam. And ah, there's been several species of trees. Love a good that, pyramid. But uh, – <laughs> so, anyway – uh, I got this question a lot. Uh, this person says, I'm, I'm interested in uh, growing a three-acre black walnut orchard oh, in our creek bottom yeah, I with a goal of making veneer-quality trees for my kids. Um, uh, we're, at, we're in the boonies outside of Jackson, Tennessee. Do you know anything about spacing, thinning, pruning, cover crops, et cetera, you can share and, and where to get the trees? <laughs> well, um, there was a publication a while back uh, and, and several folks selling the supposedly genetically superior walnuts. Uh, and, and it was like they were advertising that you could grow them like loblolly pine, where you would plant them close together. You go in and prune them as they're growing. Uh, you know, here's the perfect soil. A lot of the, the soil recommendations were right, but... Um, a, a buyer of veneer quality walnut wants a slow grown tree yes. that was grown in a natural environment where it competed with other species mm -hmm. like oaks, hickories, ashes, and they grow really slow with tight growth rings. Um, not like a loblolly. They're trying to not get like a loblolly. And so what they were saying is you plant these genetically superior trees that you have to buy from us, um, and then you prune them every few years and that helps them grow faster and and whatnot and then you can get a veneer quality tree in as little as like 30 or 40 years hmm. well you may be able to get a, a walnut that was grown fast but it's not going to be the quality not that the, the buyers are going to want yeah. um and so that's what i tell folks you know if if you're willing to wait you know 60 to 80 years you find a good walnut site which is like a cove a, a deep soil with with good drainage it has to have close to a neutral ph preferably like a north facing bottom of a slope or a really well drained bottom and you can do that but they have to you have to mix them in with other species huh. and just be willing to wait a long time and they're not all going to end up being veneer quality hmm. um, a standard black walnut that's not veneer quality is going to sell for about the same as red oak or something Gotcha. And but it so grows slower, doesn't it? It grows a little more slowly. Mm -hmm. um, and so my answer to that is if you got a perfect site and you're willing to wait, some on. great. Yeah. Uh, if not, let's let's manage for other species. I still need diversity no matter what. Uh, there's Very another one, uh, Paulonia tomentosa, which is also a non-native invasive uh, empress, you, know empress tree. Yeah. Uh, it's also kind of sold like that, where the uh, for veneer the, they say thing. that there's a market for it and it grows really fast, but in essence, 
over the overseas folks that buy it, they want a really tight grain as well. well so yeah. The person making the money is the person advertising the seedlings. How do you talk a 10-year-old into buying that? I mean, we're talking about 60-year growth. Yeah. <laughs> like when he's 10 years old, you need to buy these and plant yeah. them. Cause My I mean, kid's looking for gas right? money for his four-wheeler and <laughs> yeah. walnuts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wow. Anyway. Well, that was That's good. a good one. Yeah, yeah that, that really that was. actually comes up pretty often. So I wanted to circle back around to blood on the biologic. There's oh, yeah. a couple of uh, this uh, Luke Arbuckle. Little young man, 14 years old, killed a really nice eight point with a crossbow. Nice. That was a really cool. Where deer. was that? You know, I think it was. I'm I'm not really sure, but I think it was Arkansas. But I'm okay. not 100 percent sure about that. He, his father sent that in to us, and uh, there was. Oh, a, that's the guy that planted the food plots and everything else. Huh? Yeah, it, it's been a couple of weeks. I keep I keep missing. And then um, we've there was another young man named Easton Hunter. That uh, this is his first quite hunting, hunting season. Yeah, yeah. Shot some doves on a dove shoot, and he looked nice. like he was really proud. So we're glad to see these young men getting started in the hunting. Absolutely. Hopefully that will evolve into some game keeping. I, will, I, I mean, I want to tell you, it's funny, you know, on that subject. That's what my kids are asking for. Oh, hell, Rich, is it that bad? <laughs> uh, but, you know, my kids are now asking, I guess, because, you know, just over the years, hey, when are we going to Bush Hog? You know, when are we going to plant? You know, when are we going to get ready now? Uh, it's kind of interesting to see that. So, Yeah, getting, getting ready is half the fun. Yeah, it no, really it is. is all the fun for me. Dudley, have you got a few – have you got some rapid-fire questions for Mike since we've got Oh, yeah. Here? I do. Yeah. So, I forgot about this. So, Mike, this is a segment we <laughs> call – you didn't tell me about Yeah, this is, this <laughs> is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We rapid-fire – Dudley, rapid-fire some questions. It's brought to you by friends at Springfield Armory. All right. They yeah. make some yeah. fantastic – Springfield. Springfield. Springfield Armory. Yeah. Home of Rob Latham, right? Yeah. Oh, there's y'all's question yeah. for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Rob Latham, right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Okay. All right, so here rapid you, fire. I need a quick answer, and it'll be fun. It's going to be like mayonnaise or mustard. Yeah, yeah. Okay. you can, say, you can neither say neither if right. you want, but quick answer. All right, ready. Cheese grits or regular grits? Regular grit. Original or crispy? Crispy. Mild or spicy? Spicy. Crappie or brown? Crappie. Scrambled or fried? Scrambled. White truck or colored truck? White. Cat squirrel or gray squirrel? Gray squirrel. Dove hunt or dove shoot? Dove shoot. Gobbler or Tom? Gobbler. Springfield or Glock? Springfield. Good answer. <laughs> George Jones or Johnny Cash? George Jones. And last question, just for men or regular shampoo? <laughs> regular. Regular. Okay. Uh, just, he, get, uh, good he gets in there. He leans into it, as you can see. I was, I was waiting for the third choice on some of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he left out my favorite, which is always Ginger or Marianne. Yeah, exactly. There you go. All right. I'll go. remember that for next one. Write it down. It depends right, well, on whether you were watching the original or the rerun. Uh, what part okay. of life you were in, right? Yeah, it does. That's right. So, uh, guys, this has been a lot of fun. I think we've learned Absolutely. something. D Dudley, uh, uh, we, we appreciate your knowledge of suppressors. You were a big help with this one. Anybody yeah. that's got three of them. Knows what they're doing by now. How many do you have, Mike? I've just got one. Yeah. I don't, I don't have one. Do you have one? Well, you know, the funny thing is, Dudley was so gung-ho on this. I started the process when he started. But I didn't finish it. So yeah, I, yeah, I did it before the kiosk, so I had yeah. to like pay an attorney. Yeah, no, I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you for being here. Yeah, we, it's we been really, y'all yeah, are a big help to us when we get guns in. Yeah. Look, he's a big friend that. of Mossy Oak. He's yeah, been we, a supporter of this place for you know years. We, and years we so like we family, you. man. Yes, yeah, right. Really no mm -hmm. doubt about it. Yep, yep. I see Sam 
kind of slithered oh, yeah. in over here. Was there a reason Sleepy Sam, Sam slithered yeah, in? Yeah, we've been smelling this something in the back, so I think he's got oh, we got, hey, we look, got snacks. We got snacks. Too. Yeah, we got snacks. And look, if y'all have not tried these Mossy Oak Obsessed, all-dressed Uncle Ray's chips, just run out there at your convenience store and pick them up because they're delicious. They, they are good. Aren't they? I, I wish they would go away because I eat like a whole bag of them every day here. <laughs> but they are fantastic. They are fantastic. So I guess they, yeah. we need to suppress the yeah. bag. They're good. <laughs> they really are. All right, Richie, have you got anything? Wait, we, wait. We're going to eat some bison with Sam, aren't we? Uh, well, is it, people need to listen to that or what? Okay. <laughs> you know, I want to hear you smacking. Good point. Nah, we'll just have some bison after we're done. There you go. Right, so he's cooking good. for gamekeepers, butchery, and taking photos and all that. So we just get to eat it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We've got a big uh, Malcolm here. Reed barbecue special package on there, too. So it comes with Malcolm's uh, uh, seasonings and then all the selections he's made. Uh, to pair that with for your holiday cooking coming it's up. It's had so a barbecue right. Had a barbecue right. Yeah, check it out. Yep, gamekeeperbutchery.com. Gamekeeperbutchery.com. No, gamekeepermeats.com. Gamekeepermeats.com. Yeah. That sounds like a dating service almost, yeah. doesn't it? Yep. We might, we might pimp you out, <laughs> hey, Bobby. add that, add that yeah. to the list. We might pimp you out. Gamekeepermeats.com. Gamekeepermeats.com. And, and on Instagram, it's gamekeeperbutchery. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. So, at Gamekeeper Butchery. That sounds good. Cool. All right. Well, Mike, thank you. Enjoyed Richie, it. thank Thanks, you. Mike. Maybe we can get Mac next week. I don't know yeah. where he is. Toxie was a little under the weather, but he's got a couple of suppressors. I was hoping yep. he'd be here and he yep. could add something to the uh, He's got a 308 to suppress. That's a doe-killing machine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Well, say goodbye, Dudley. Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Richie. Tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast, and be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine, and don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.